Two peas, Two and, peas a and a bong. Two peas and a bong. Two peas, Two and, peas a bong. and a bong. Two peas and a bong. y'all two peas in a bong in the building again it's your boy dp it's your boy kp and ubong man what's happening all right man uh the nba is back you know we got these um you can call them exhibition or preseason games for the start of this bubble situation uh we just talked about this in the last episode um episode 27 and we were talking about you know, players going in and out of the bubble, leaving for family reasons, family emergencies, all that kind of stuff. And we had Lou Williams, who was given the opportunity, Lou Williams of the uh, Los Angeles Clippers. Um, he was allowed to leave on a, uh, an excuse. He was given an excused absence, but he was uh, photographed by uh, Jack Harlow, who's a rapper from Louisville uh, at a gentleman's club Thursday night. This past Thursday night, Magic City, Magic City. Um, <laughs> so apparently, you know, he had to take care of some business in Magic City. Can I get y'all thoughts on this situation as well? The titties of Magic City. Nah. <laughs> so, so man, uh, let me start by saying this. So, the excused absence was, you know, allegedly because of the death of Paul G. Williams, um, which. He tweeted, Lou Williams did. That was very misleading. When I first, you know, heard the story, um, you know, Uban sent something to me. We kind of went back and forth, and I, and I had to agree with Uban's stance. But looking at it, I went and, and looked a little deeper, and I said, okay, Paul G. Williams, man, that's his father. Oh, man, his father died. He, man, maybe he had to blow off some steam. So I was about to start defending Lou Williams, and then I found out that Paul G. Williams is not his father, that it's a father of a close friend. And Lou Williams went to his viewing on Thursday. And then that evening ended up in Magic City. And uh, he was seen in the photograph with Jack Harlow. This nigga Lou Williams was wearing the damn mask that the NBA gave the players in the bubble. <laughs> That's how he got caught. Oh, Harlow tried to say it was an old picture, but the mask is what, you know, what threw that story in the trash. Lou. What are you doing? The <laughs> I I and then you know in the back of my mind I'm like did Jack Harlow dry snitch by posting the photo? Low key. He tried to take it down but it was too late. Unin what? Unintentionally. Stop posting shit. Lou Williams is smiling in the photo with a mask from the NBA bubble. 
Kevin, have you ever taken a picture where you were like, you didn't necessarily want people to just post it all over the place where you were smiling or where you were just chilling and comfortable? Not just because you take a picture. What does that mean? Not when I'm creeping. <laughs> There's a difference. He was yes, creeping. Man. They shouldn't be taking pictures anyway, but I'm just saying. It speaks to the um the social media culture that we live in. Um, Not to, I mean, obviously this is a lighthearted situation. <clears throat> Pop Smoke got, but you know, Pop Smoke got killed because he posted some shit um, from when he went shopping and on social media and posted the address of the Airbnb that he was staying at, and that's how the dudes came over there to rob him. You know, what I'm saying his his death was a was a crime of um, of opportunity just because you posted something on social media, didn't realize you was posting the address where you were staying, and you gave some young dudes the drop on where you was at and that's how you got killed but it's the social media era that's how motherfuckers gonna get caught up um and it's funny uh lou will's excuse not even, i don't even know if it's his, 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 his excuse this motherfucker said that he was there for the food and <laughs> full disclosure full disclosure in la um stars which i i, I used to frequent and uh sam's hoff bra they have really good food I like, bro, you can go there for lunch on some real shit and just it just so happens to be, you know, chicks is dancing naked on stage. But hey, man, they want to keep you there. Watch some titties while you eating your biscuits. Okay. <laughs> Bitties and titties and titties. What? <laughs> Bitties and titties and titties. And what? Bitties and titties and titties. What? Hey, but the food is good. But that was his excuse. And here's the funny thing. It's backed up because I think he did an interview with Taylor Rook. I think I, I think that's her name. Probably like a week or two ago. And he said that his favorite restaurant, he goes to Magic City for the food. You know what I'm saying? So, and that's on record two weeks ago. So, you know what I'm saying? It kind of backs up his statement. But regardless, bro, y'all supposed to be social distancing. You guys are supposed to be trying to get back to the bubble. You're exposing yourself to, you know, potential, what, you know, all kinds of shit. Like, bro, what, like Magic City? Really? The food ain't that good. You can get that shit to go. Like, why are you kicking it at Magic City? <laughs> <laughs> and he said in and out hashtag in and out and here's the funny thing uh so I, I i was reading some shit about the nflpa and the nfl today they've implemented some shit where if you are involved in any high risk activities you can lose your pay mm. based on what those high risk activities are one of them is indoor bar gatherings or similar to what he was at of 15 or more people outdoor gatherings of 15 or more people so like you know, that shit may have had something to do with them instituting the rule. Like, okay, if y'all going to play the game like this, and I know y'all going to get caught on, on social media, we're going to start docking you guys your pay for it. So the NFL, you know, they just they just came out with that shit, I think, over the weekend. So, you know, but it's just young dudes with money, man. They just can't help themselves. Look, look, I am going to swing this shit back to the game. And I told y'all, they don't want to play the Clippers. In particular, it's who I'm talking about. They don't want to play. They are not locked in like that. Keep in mind, um, Pat Beverly is gone on family emergency. Lou Will is gone on family emergency. Montrez Harrell is gone on family emergency. Zubak isn't even there. And um, exactly. and uh, Mark Keith, which which one is it? Mark Keith or Mark Keith? Whichever, Moore, I think they got, uh, whichever Morris twin they have already told him that his he's about to have a kid, and as soon as the kid is when the kid is about to be born, he's dipping. So <laughs> right, right. I mean, and they they got Marcus, who's the who's the better of the two to me. Correct. Um, 
listen, I told y'all last week out of all of the shit that we were throwing out, talking about this is the reason, this is that, this is that. And I said, the Clippers ain't locked in. They ain't really trying to be there collectively. Like Paul George looked like he wants to play. He looked like he's locked in. He wants to hoop. You know, you got Kawhi Leonard and all that. But as a team, nah, nope. Yeah. When it first came out, it said that Lou Williams joins Montrez Harrell and Pat Beverly leaving the bubble. When it first, when, when so I immediately thought of you know the 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 stuff that was swirling, the rumors that was swirling around the Clippers being unhappy about the preferential treatment of Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. That was the first thing that I thought about. And, you know, you go back and you look, because Montrez Harrell went on record January 4th after a loss uh, to the Grizzlies saying that we're not a great team. We're not a great team. I think that's what we need to realize and wake up. We're a team that still has to figure things out to win night in and night out. They do. They have the talent on the roster. But but they still need to figure it out. There were other players that weren't mentioned, but said that they didn't practice. The intensity wasn't there when they practiced. And, you know, Doc Rivers fired back saying, you know, keep your frustrations internal. Don't vent to the media and create distractions for the team, for the locker room. So then I thought about, you know, the the Rock La Familia, the slam magazine that featured Patrick Beverly, Montrez Harrell, and Lou Williams all wearing each other's uniforms. So the three of them seem to be like the three amigos and locked in. So those were my initial thoughts. But to see all this other stuff about Lou Will, ah, man, it, it was a little disheartening. Like, man, come on, man. Just throw another mask on. Hey, Kev, listen, you know, the one thing that, you know, the one thing that uh, brings them together, the hate for the Lakers. <laughs> their hate for the lakers i don't give a fuck what kind of internal discord they have that shit brings their ass together now i don't know how far they'll go outside of that but they're gonna bring their best game when the clippers meet the lakers well i mean lou williams is on the uh 10 day quarantine um so you know i don't know if if that spills into i think that might spill into the start right of the official games he misses the first two games right Right, right. That's what I'm saying. So, you know, off to a off to a uh start without, you know, key pieces in the mix. Like I, the Clippers are going they're going to drop down. They're going to drop some spaces in the play, you know, the playoff picture. You could believe that. So, they better get it together. Missing and then Doc Doc Rivers, you know, I don't know, Doc Rivers is obviously he ain't happy about it either, but I mean, what what can you say, man? I I've been preaching this I've been saying that they need to gel. That is still a process. Is even through the beginning of the season, you would have Leonard would be playing, but you wouldn't have Paul George. Then Paul George is playing, then you wouldn't have Kawhi Leonard. It's like you haven't, on a consistent basis, been at full strength with the team on the court like the Lakers have. You know what I'm saying? Even though the the Lakers have some new pieces in the mix for sure, you know, but they're missing some folks too, like Rondo. But just collectively, they they seem like they have it's a more cohesive unit, man. Hey, and and we've been talking about the two LA teams, you know, this whole time. Remember, he was telling LeBron that LeBron that Lakers letting LeBron run the team. Well, clearly the Clippers ain't letting Doc run the team. His players is running the 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 what what they say the inmates are running the asylum. Doc is like looking at them like, man, sacrifice. You want to know about sacrifice? I'm coaching a man that cheated on my daughter with a stripper (laughs) and then buried her. (laughs) 
He didn't keep it PG-13. Yeah. It was rated R. X. Cold-hearted business. (laughs) Hey, but look, look, at this point, though, if you were to revisit the conversations that we had, I think all of us were saying that it would come down to those two in the West. Right now, if you were comparing those two, who do you think is winning? Lakers. Clearly. Right. I won't say because, man, I don't want to jinx the squad. You know, um, they look good. And, you know, when LeBron is out there, when AD is out there, when AD is not hurt, this motherfucker is so injury prone. Took a poke to the eye last game. But w- when they're out there as, uh, with LeBron and AD, they look really fucking good. J.R. Smith coming along. Deion Waiters coming along. But those dudes are wild cards, man. You know, I, I don't know what I'm going to get from them. But. This should be a great season, man. A a, a great postseason, sorry. If I had to pick um, a dark horse, so to speak, uh, I would say you got to watch out. Don't say Houston. No! Let me say it. Let me say it, baby. (laughs) No, I'm not saying Houston. I say that was Kevin's dark horse in the the NFL. (laughs) No, and the NBA. No, no, no. Listen, my dark horse, I'm saying, is Portland, the Trailblazers. Oh. They the, got you gotta back. look at their you gotta look at their roster. Man, the Lakers, the Lakers are long. They're a long team. They got a lot of length. If you look at uh the Portland Trailblazers, man, they got a big team too, man. They can compete, and I think their guard play is better than the Lakers. Damian Lillard. You gotta watch out. Point guard in the NBA. Huh? Damian Lillard is the best point guard in the NBA. Mm, okay. No, no, uh, no chase, huh? Nah, none. He is the best point guard right now to date. Um, I would say, man, a, a team to watch out for is Denver. Denver's tough. Okay. I mean, I've heard that one thrown out, but why why Denver? Jokic has lost weight. He's moving better. They're playing bowl, 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 bowl is long. And they've just they've they've already had players. They got, you know, they have guard. They have all the pieces. They're young as well. Um, so yeah. And you think they can compete with like a Lakers squad? I think they can compete with anybody. Time. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So um on to the next topic, but still sticking with basketball. We have the WNBA that just uh had a season opener. Um, and you had the New York Liberty and the Seattle Storm walk off the court during the national anthem. And their reason is they're showing solidarity in a movement to support victims of social injustice. So they're dedicating the season to Breonna Taylor and other victims of social injustice. Um, they launched the WNBA uh, Social Justice Council. And this uh, council plans to hold conversations about race, uh, the LGBTQ plus community, um, gun control and voting rights. So thoughts on this? There is a lot going on. They are fighting for a lot in the WNBA. Um, But it's easier to fight when you're already a disgruntled employee. They were fighting for higher wages last year because they weren't being paid enough um you know on our last episode we discussed elena deladon it wasn't elena delavadova yeah that's what i that's why i would say it after delavadova (laughs) we discussed her in 64 pills that she takes daily and how they weren't excusing her for, for from playing and saying that she needed to report so um a lot of the stuff that they're going through is unjust as individuals, as employees, 
And so I just find it easier for them to fight. I appreciate them fighting. Some of the things that they are fighting for, I don't necessarily agree with, but I respect that they have an opinion on the situation and that they're standing behind it and that they're unified and collectively supporting each other. What don't you agree with? I don't necessarily agree with having Black Lives Matter on the back of a jersey. Now, I do like the say her name. I do like that reference on the back of the jersey. But okay, what's the difference? Because I because I'm not a supporter of Black Lives Matter. Okay, so again, here's 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 where we have to separate. And I hate the fact that there's some that there's an organization called Black Lives Matter because it takes away from a um, as LeBron James would say, um, a lifestyle. Right. So like Black Lives Matter, like is a real thing, not not just an organization. And I've heard other people that have uh, fought, you know, that have kind of opposed the the company or the the group that is black lives matter, but it takes away from the, like the real statement that black lives do matter. And when I look, when I, when I think about black lives matter, I don't think about the company. I don't think about the, I think it was started by like three women, George Soros it actually is George Soros. It's fun. Well, yeah, it's started by three lesbian women, but it's funded by George Soros. I don't know who any of those people are. I don't follow like the black lives matters, the company, but what I do agree with is the fact that black lives matter like that's like a real thing like not a company right and one thing i'll say about the the WNBA is maybe it's easier for them to fight for what's right because they're fighting for their own rights so like as the as the um the spoiled nba player like yeah you can half-heartedly support whatever you want to but in reality you're well taken care of. Most of you are overpaid based on TV deals. CP3, you're not worth $40 million a year. I love my North, I love my North Carolina connection. You're not worth $40 million a year, but you're the player association president and you're making $40 million a year. You signed a $200 million deal and not worth half of that. Okay. So when you're a WNBA player who's fighting to get 150, 200,000. Like it's easier for you to fight for, you know, social injustice. And they're 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 really fighting around women's social injustice. Right. Women that have died at the hands of police brutality, uh, false arrest. You know what I'm saying? And they, they but they're and they're united. Right. You don't hear like half of the WNBA saying like, oh, I'm not going to put names on the back of my jersey or I, I don't agree with the type of names you want to put on the back of the jersey. The WNBA came out with a stance. They said they had a bunch of Zoom meetings and they were really brainstorming what would be best. And the WNBA came out with a united front. It's not where LeBron James is the biggest name in the NBA, but he's against everything that they're trying to do in, in the NBA to, you know, to speak on social justice. That speaks to a, a league that. It's just spoiled. You got too many bosses. Everybody wants to be a boss. LeBron James wants to do it his way. CP3 wants to do it his way. Other players want to do it their way. That means, you know, you guys don't have any kind of unity. So it makes the it makes the movement look bad. So say what you will about the WNBA. I like the fact that they took a united stand and you haven't heard anything as far as, um, you know, splintering and what the vision is. Everybody's on the same page. I respect the fuck out of that shit because the the NBA could take a cue from them because they doing it all bad in the NBA. If the mentality was different um, and everybody was on the same page, this goes back to a point, KP, that you made last episode where you were talking about, you know, starting your own league. And this is one of the things that I've been talking about, you know, since we started this podcast is that take ownership of your own situation 
drive your own ship, start your own league. But again, if you have so many people who are on different pages, just like Uban said, you ain't going to be able to do shit except for stir the shit. And then it's going to start stinking. You know what I'm saying? It's like you, you have to get together and it has to be your leaders. But, but in this case, you have everybody in the WNBA. It, when you have everybody on the same page, man, you can make some shit pop. But if you if you don't, like, come on, man. Exactly. We we talking about, let's look at this. Last episode, we were talking about the disparity between the, you know, the amenities of the NBA and the WNBA. Okay? Look at the disparity in the movements. Like, the, I, I would have to give the edge to the WNBA as far as, like, constructively putting some shit together to make some noise to affect some change like the nba still you know motherfuckers are still hopping out the bubble yeah you know we we talking look at the shit that we talking about about the nba versus what we talking about with the wnba and they really they they're really going through some bullshit and and it's crazy the funny thing is look at the with the nba even just with the name thing, you got some people that are saying, "Okay, I'll put I'll put these names on the jerseys." You got some people to say, "I want my my own last name on the jersey." You got some people that are saying, "I don't want to put anything on the back of my jersey." Like, what the fuck is going on, man? Like, uh, the funny thing is, Tory Tory Smith he used to play for the 49ers. This motherfucker said, "Low key, the WNBA women have been involved in social justice longer than most people. They just don't get enough credit." Remember, Maya Moore quietly sat out all last year. To fight yes. to get somebody that was wrongly convicted, uh, get their sentence overturned. She didn't look for any fanfare. She just quietly sat the fuck out. She didn't play last year in order to do some social social justice reform. Ain't nobody doing that in the, in, in the NBA. Motherfucking in, in the NBA is not foregoing the check to go fight for social justice reform. They all, you know, ninety nine percent of these motherfuckers is all is all caps bullshit. And I'm not saying every single player in the NBA. I'm not saying every single player. The the thing is, again, it is collectively. And if you ain't collectively on the same page, what, what can you really, really make happen? That's that's the question that I'm asking, because, I mean, we talked about um, Holiday, Drew Holiday doing something great. And Kevin, you threw a couple other players out there who are doing the same thing, you know, donating their checks and, and, and still trying to push this, you know, social justice situation to the forefront still trying to contribute to that movement but it's just overall i i can't say that man as far as the you know the whole the whole nba you know i don't know i i mean i said it like i i may not always agree on their views but i respect that they have opinions that they formulate their thoughts and that they're sticking together and that they're speaking out that's that that says a lot man especially in today's time but you and, and and the funny thing is you really don't have to agree with their views because they're the segment of their population is not you. Like they're literally, I mean, they're it's a women's league. They're so they're going to focus on women, you know. And so yeah, like they're not they don't give a fuck about a guy when they when they look over at the NBA and see that uh, you know the 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 minimum salary in the W in, in the NBA is probably like at least five or ten times more than the the highest paid person in the WNBA is getting paid. Like, why the fuck do I got to fight for your shit too? Like, let me focus on women's rights. Let me focus on, you know, social justice that, that has to do directly with, with our 
with our base, with our crowd, with our, you know, with our support and let the men go out there and fight for the men. I mean, are they wrong for that? I won't. No, I don't. I don't think that they're wrong. I just I don't share the same views. But that, you know, and that's fine. We can agree to disagree. Well, I don't I may not share the same views as them. What I'm saying is the process. I'm talking about the process. The process in itself is what. I would say take notes on like because you've had NBA players talk about you know s- social injustice. Craig Hodges, you know what I'm saying, huh? Craig Hodges. Let's talk about some young players in the M- in the NBA. Malcolm Brogdon from Atlanta. He was out there on some uh in some rallies talking about you know justice for black folks and stuff like that. So it's like if you're gonna talk about it, where is the collective effort? Kevin, tell me if everybody in the NBA, including your boy, LeBron James, if they all say, you know what, fuck this, we doing X, Y, Z, that wouldn't be more of a resounding situation than restarting the league? Too many bosses in the NBA. There's too much. Everybody's making too much money. I don't want to have to listen to what the next man has to say. Half the people in the league resent LeBron James because of his stature and who he is and how it seems like him and Rich Paul are trying to take over the NBA. They, they, they're fucking agents to damn near a third of the NBA. You know what I'm saying? Motherfuckers resent LeBron James. So if he's the face of the NBA, you can't even get your the rest of the pe- players to get behind him because they don't like this motherfucker. Like, really, at the end of the day, they don't like his ass. You know what I mean? He's not Magic Johnson where everybody loves him and you know, this, that, and the third. So- it, th- this, is, this is true. But the thing is, I respect a lot of the shit that he's done to change the, the narrative. What I'm saying is, hey, put the foot on the gas and go all the way with the shit. You know what I mean? Like, do you have so much power? Like I said last week, he can't put his foot on the gas because he's in bed with so many different companies. He has to do what they ask him to do. So, and there you go. You know, that's really what it boils down to. You know, maybe a partner of his or somebody that he's in bed with doesn't agree with Black Lives Matter just based off what Kev is saying. Like, because of the origin of the actual group in the company or whatever the fuck it is that is black lives matter they tell lebron don't get behind it i just i'm just saying what it what it stands for when you when you look at their um their vision their vision doesn't include black men heterosexual black men right it, marcellus wiley speaks about this shit all the time he 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 kills black lives matter the organization and i, I you know i never even looked it up because i'm not even that's just too political for me i don't give a fuck like at the end of the day if you're black like you going through some shit i don't give a fuck what uh you know, part of the society you consider yourself as if you're a black woman, black man, black gay, black straight, whatever. Like if you're black, you going through some shit. So, you know, but Marcellus Wiley, he kills them because they don't have black men in their mission statement. But then again, it was three lesbians. You said, right? Yes. <laughs> they don't have, it's a, it's a, it's just like a, but it's a con game because it's like people get behind it and they're donating money. Like, Oh, let's, Time. Ah, ah, you got me. Ah, <laughs> I have a point. Ah, time. <laughs> all right, all right. So moving on, moving on to the next topic, fellas. Um, uh, let's talk about the Boston Braves. I mean, the Boston Redskins. Wait, the Washington Redskins. No, no, no. The Washington football team, the Washington Redskins, in 1961, they were the last team in the NFL to integrate, to have a black player on their team. 
last team in 61. Fast forward to today, and they are now being, I don't know if I would say under fire, but there's been a lot of pressure for them to change their name, change the name of the football team. Right now, they don't have a name for the team. So it was just the Washington football team. The Washington football team sounds so generic. So I I do not like it. Well, for me, I think it speaks to the arrogance of uh, Dan Snyder, the owner. They have been calling for him to change the name of the Redskins to something else for years. And he said in the past, probably about uh, 10, 10 to maybe seven to 10 years ago, that there was no way he was going to change the name of the football team. He went out and polled some some Native Americans that he probably collectively put together and paid them off. And they said that they love the name, the Redskins. Like it's a term of endearment, right? And he said, all caps, I will never change the name of the Washington Redskins. Fast forward, money starts getting involved and you lose the money. You got a lot of uh, sponsors. Nike pulled your shit, uh, any Redskins gear off their website. You have your minority owners and the the CEO of FedEx told you that if you don't change it, they, they want to remove the name or, you know, pull the naming rights uh, for FedEx field. There were three companies that sent letters, Nike, FedEx, and allegedly Pepsi. That was enough to do it. That's that's more than just, you know, pressure. Ultimately, your minority owners started looking for um, different ways to sell their uh, minority uh, ownership in the in the in the team. So like they own your ass. And I think he finally had to cave when the money got involved and when they were threatening to mess with his billions. Dan Snyder had to act fast. You know, and the funny thing about it, you know, like like owners get to do nine ninety nine point nine percent of the times they don't have to speak. They don't have to get in front of a camera. They don't have to talk to people. You know, that's on the players. He's even funneling the responsibility through a new head coach that ain't been there but a couple months. Like, hey, man, Ron Rivera's in front of the camera taking all the you know, taking all the bullets Um, and Daniel Snyder's releasing statements. You know, and funny thing about it is that they stand to make more money because. Changing the name from the Redskins to the Washington football team, they're going to sell merchandise under the name of the Washington football team. And then when they change names again in about a year or so, they're going to make more money off that new merchandise. And quiet as kept, I actually like the um, I like the way they should look. They should look like a like an old school football team, look like Alabama. It does. I mean, it's kind of plain, but it's still like that's just kind of hard. Yeah, that shit is hard, yeah. man. I like that shit, you know, but um, it's like uh, the Acme Packers or some shit. You know what I mean? Like the, the Washington football team. Um, so I, I think that shit hard as hell, man. But, you know, it just it, it is what it is. I was I was listening to somebody the other day and they were talking about it was the arrogance is the reason that they don't have a name now, because in order to change the name of a football team, you have to go through trademarking. You have to bounce like a bunch of ideas. Um, and I, I guess apparently they have this this guy that's a Redskins fan or the Washington football team fan, and he buys up any name that he thinks that they would use for the replacement name. He buys a trademark or he buys the you know the rights to the name. So, you know, and he's like trying to negotiate with the owner, asking him to give him like season tickets or some shit for the, you know, the rights to get one of the names. So he probably has like a thousand, thousands of trademarks 
on on these different names or whatever. But mm-hmm. the fact that they were so sold and stuck on the fact that they were not going to do shit, they weren't going to change shit. They didn't even think to start looking at names, possible names. He was just like, no, I'm not going to do this shit. So now he's at a point where he's stuck. You know what I'm saying? I don't like the name change because it doesn't change. You know, if if it's going to change how society works and, you know, racism and, and, and systematic oppression, then I'm all for it. But what happens is, is that people hide behind a change of a name to say that racism is over, systematic oppression is over it's a new day and it's equality for all and that's just not the case um so change the name or don't change the name no don't change the name i i have differing views that washington redskin symbol that's a black man a redskin native americans aren't redskin we're the redskins light skin what do you call a light-skinned black person a red bone we're the real red skin so do you want them to be the Washington Red Bones? <laughs> I mean, no, nah, <laughs> nah, I'm just saying we we say it and we we say, oh, it's offensive to the Native Americans. When I say it all the time, we're the real Indians. So you should be asking us me personally. Well, <clears throat> I'm not offended by it. Doesn't bother. Well, me. I, I'm more so don't change the name if it's not going to change the system. I don't care if, if the system is still the same. Who cares about the name? Because, there's a lot of people who care about the name. I mean, well, I'm, there's I'm, a name. Well, I'm, just, you know? I'm just saying, but they you you use a name change to say that we're making great strides as a country to combat racism and oppression. And people hide behind that. There's a situation going on with my high school, my alma mater, David Starr Jordan, where I graduated from. They're trying to change the name from David Starr Jordan to something else because they said that David Starr Jordan was a racist. Again, it doesn't change. If if it's going to change the system that we live in and change the way that we're treated as a whole by changing the name, then I'm all for it. But if you're changing the name and we're still being oppressed, then what good is the name change? Okay, so you have to start with something, right? So... You know, motherfucker ain't going to get to the finish line when he starts the race. But a good starting point is motherfucker start changing some of these racist, a lot of the shit that is embedded in the culture, in, embedded in American culture that is considered racist. That's a starting point. Like, nigga, that's that go on Monopoly where you, you know, before you roll the dice, like everybody got their motherfucking, you know, the, the boot and the dog and the ship and the iron on go. That's go. Like we haven't went around the board one time. That's just a starting point. Start by changing the names. If you can't even see me as enough to change the name that I, you know, I consider to be racist. Like what makes me think that you're going to change policies? Like, well, we'll change the policies for you, but you got to continue to uh, let us call you these racist, you know, racist slurs. And, and I think the uh, the I, I'm trying to look up the history on the redskins. I, and black people are not redskin. You could call light skin motherfuckers red bone, high yellow. It's a bunch of shit you can light bright. Motherfucker, we ain't going we ain't taking yellow skin and red skin. I, I But look, but look, he, the thing is though, you may not see it as offensive or you may not consider yourself this or that, but there's a population of people who do and they find it offensive. So it's like, 
If you find something offensive, you want people to respect your position. There's some Native Americans who say they find it offensive. I mean, but I will point out, I will point this out. They have been making, you know, little small concessions here and there to try to make it seem like they're involving the Native American population. But in in 72, 1972, they had a delegation of Native American leaders who actually pushed for a name change. They were, you know, upset about it. They found it offensive. They pushed for a name change. But then five years later in 77, you had the Federal Bureau of Indian Affairs had a planned event at RFK Stadium where they had 80 tribes participating in the halftime show. I mean, this is mixed. This is mixed signals. Yeah. And this is reported by the Washington Post. So it's like, do you like it or you don't? The to to get to your point though, Ubang, as far as a starting point, here's the thing. Every time whites or the majority of the population, a Caucasian, whatever you want to call them, implement something uh, like a name change or something that isn't necessarily beneficial to a cause, they will hide behind that to say, hey, you know, we're not racist. Hey man, it was offending Native Americans, so we changed the name. And sure. that's not necessarily policy, but I'm just saying that's things that they hide behind. So here's the thing. For instance, if there was something that became popular and it was like the watermelon eaters and it's like, hey, you know what? We'll change policy. But, you know, the term watermelon eaters is a term of endearment for black people. We love that now. Like we love being called watermelon eaters. Like don't change it to appease a, a portion of the population. In the back of your mind, you know, that shit is racist as a motherfucker. That shit is rooted in racist shit. That shit is rooted in racism. So why the fuck wouldn't you want to change that shit and kind of start to scrub the stain that American culture has put on so many different people by starting by changing the name? Let's get the name changed so that the next 200 years, you don't have to continue to carry on. You know, 200 years from now, we'll remember in 2020, motherfuckers stood up for something and got some shit changed. That's like, the, Kevin, remember, that's like the Cleveland Indians logo. Remember, I had the hat on in class with Miss Scott and she was like, we had we had a teacher in college and, you know, it was it was a, a racial um, diversity class. Yeah. And sociology. And she, yeah. Sociology class. Um, and she was talking about some stuff. And I had a Cleveland Indians hat on and she and she was, you know, Native American and black. And she was like, yeah. You know, I'm not some big nose, shiny face, high, you know, all of this stuff. She was just explaining it. And, but she was talking about my hat and kind of mm-hmm. giving me a wink, wink, like, take that shit off. She had a soft Hey, man, I, hey, I was one of her favorite students. It was The teacher was gazing in his eyes as she was saying that. <laughs> <laughs> like, take that hat off and come on over later. Wayne wasn't catching it. <laughs> come on and talk to me. <laughs> man. <laughs> but no, I, I honestly, I'd rather the policy change than the name change. So if it was watermelon eaters with a policy change, I'm going to take the policy change first before the watermelon eaters. Time! <laughs> it's not like a Friday night fight. <laughs> All right. Okay, so moving on to the next topic. Let's um go ahead and hit him with the knockout punch, man. This uh. Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. exhibition match. I have to say, man, these these are uh, two of my favorite boxers uh, of all time. And Roy Jones is probably my favorite boxer of all time. Um, 
But these two, you know, they were both dominating their own right in their careers when they were in their primes. Um, they're set to square off against each other on September 12th. Uh, and it's going to be in California. I don't know what changes will be made by that time with the COVID situation. If there will be able to be, you know, fans in attendance or anything like that. I will say though, this, even though these guys are well past their prime, I think this will be the biggest fight of this year. As far as a spectacle. Yeah, I believe, I believe it will be the biggest fight of the year. It won't be the best fight of the year. Right. Um, and rarely when you have these spectacles, do they live up to it? Mayweather and McGregor actually lived up to the hype. And I think, you know, a lot of that has to do with the fact that Mayweather carried him, you know, into the later rounds of the fight so that he could make it a little bit more entertaining. Um, and also Mayweather is my favorite boxer of all time. So I just thought it out. There's a disclaimer. But <laughs> Roy Jones, you know, we laugh at him because he he stayed in the sport a little bit too long. He stayed past his prime. You know, he stayed past, you know, when he should have uh, hung him up. But man, his resume before he ran into uh, Tarver the first time um, is is impeccable. Speak about it. He was if you go back and watch any of his highlights. I mean, he had multiple ways of beating motherfuckers. He was cl- and he was clowning. He be clowning yeah. ring. Uh, Mike was ferocious and Mike was. Uh, he intimidated motherfuckers before, you know, like Mike is the type of motherfucker that could probably rob a motherfucker with bare, with bare hands. Um, but, you know, he was he was more intimidating. And once he knocked out a couple of people, when people got in the ring and they just saw the look on his face, you know, he had already won the fight before he ever had to, you know, before he ever, ever, ever had to throw a punch. So, um, you know, I think as far as. The, the more skilled fighter is probably Roy Jones, but Mike is the more ferocious fighter. Now, how far they can go is an eight round ex, uh, exhibition. You know, I think after the best, the best of the fight will be in the first three rounds. After that, you know, age is going to is going to get the best of both of them. But I think, I, you know, I give the edge to Mike Tyson just because he's ferocious and he was a heavyweight. Roy Jones was never he wasn't even a fucking heavyweight like. I think he ended up fighting. He ended up winning some bullshit title at heavyweight, like in his forties against Ruiz. He won, yeah. I mean, but that that was. I mean, I can't knock that man. That was, yeah. He won a legitimate title, and he he went up in weight. It wasn't his weight class, and he still did his thing. He was doing shit like playing basketball and filming himself and doing all these other things and then having a boxing match in the same day. Like he was a superior mm-hmm. athlete in his prime pound for pound. Correct. Like there wasn't anybody better. There wasn't anybody better. He beat uh, Hopkins in 93, got the IBF uh, middleweight championship in 94. He beat James Tony. He got the, uh, I think it was the IBF super middleweight championship. And then he defended that. Y'all remember, y'all remember uh, USA, Tuesday yeah. night fights. This shit was like in the 80s to like the late 90s or something like that. He beat the dog shit out of Vinny Pazienza. I think it was in 95 defending his title. Pazienza was a was a you know a fan favorite and he beat the shit out of him. I think he knocked him down three times or three or four times in like round six or eight, some shit like that. He was fucking him up. Like, dude, 
I mean, I, y'all could probably tell he he was my favorite. Like I could I could talk about so much shit. He was robbed in the Olympics. This dude was a beast. He was a beast. I mean, people will talk about your downfalls more than they'll talk about your your victories, though. And, you know, you're only as good as your last performance. But people are looking at him when he's in his, you know, he's out of he's outside of his prime. He's out of his prime. But as much praise as I will give him, you know, I am always, you know, I'll give you a sound opinion that isn't, you know, necessarily just based on my fandom or whatever. I do this in everything. I'll tell you if the Clippers, I think if the Clippers stink and they won't beat the Lakers, I'll tell you that. In this case, I will tell you, I don't think that he's going to win. I think he is just, not, he's not a heavyweight, even though at this stage in their lives, I don't even know if I want to say in their careers, because <laughs> their careers are, are right. over, I guess, but maybe right. not if they're they're about to make it happen, right? <laughs> but <laughs> But this stage in their life, he may be, meaning Roy Jones, he may be heavier than Tyson. Right. He may be heavier than him. He's 5'11". You know, Tyson, I'm going to give I've Tyson seen, about say, I've five, seen Tyson eight. in person. Yeah, maybe 5'9". Huh? Yeah, so, so, so Jones is definitely taller. He's definitely, I mean, skills, I, I would probably say, I'd probably say Jones, but, but Tyson even now has a lot of, still has a lot of head movement, and he's quick. It's but you know for this stage in his life he's a quick old dude. It's it's gonna be which one of them has it's the battle of the old man strength. <laughs> Who has the most old man strength? And if if Jones gets hit by Tyson, I don't know if he can take Tyson's punch right now. So let me say this: um, November eleventh, two thousand three, the Source Awards aired on BET. There was Roy Jones Jr., Mike Tyson. Layla Lee. The three boxers were present to hand Little Kim the award for Female Artist of the Year. At that time, because I was watching it, Mike Tyson took the opportunity to challenge Roy Jones Jr. to a future fight. To the crowd's delight, Jones Jr. accepted the fight. That was back in 2003. Roy Jones looked scared as hell too by the time by, when, when Mike Tyson said it. He's like, maybe we should fight one day. It, Roy Jones was like, ah, well, yeah. So let me say this. I, too, am a Roy Jones Jr. fan and a Mike Tyson fan. So what I don't want to see, I don't want to see September 25th, 2004, Roy Jones, when he fought Glenn Johnson and got knocked out. Got dog walk. I don't want to see October 1st, 2005, Jones-Tarver 3, where Tarver won by the unanimous decision. And Roy Jones looked scared the whole fight, was losing and wasn't fighting to win, was just fighting not to get knocked out. I don't want to see April 3rd, 2010, Roy Jones versus Hopkins, when Hopkins won by unanimous decision. These are the fight. That the, fight was, this uh, is what I don't want to see. I don't want to see Tarver Jones 2, where Jones got that left hook and was knocked out. Now, as far as Mike Tyson goes, I don't want to see Mike Tyson versus Danny Williams. I don't want to see Mike Tyson versus Kevin McBride. I, I don't. I don't want to see that. So, hey, I was trying to tell my brother about that shit. Like, hey, man, you need to you need to look at some of them Tyson fights, man. <laughs> if they look like that, I don't want to see this. Now, as far as who do I think will win? It's an eight round exhibition. If it goes in the first, if it goes past three rounds, Roy Jones' chances will go up significantly. I'm I'm going to give him a 50% chance 
if it goes past the third round. Before the third round, I got a 75% chance that Tyson is knocking him out. Check this out. Roy Jones was probably fighting a couple years ago. I mean, like, he's probably got, like, he, he you know, he went overseas. He was going to Thailand and all kind of different countries, boxing. I'm talking about he is active. He's active. He's an active boxer. You know what I'm saying? It's not, it, he, he's not getting any real belts out here, but he's an active boxer. Mike Tyson is a weed-smoking podcaster. Like, Roy LaVesta Jones Jr. is going to Moscow. <laughs> It's two it's niggas named Roy LaVesta. Had citizenship and was getting his <laughs> ass mollywopped in Russia. But he was fighting. He was fighting. <laughs> uh, Tyson's older than him. And what I will say about Tyson is, bro, let's go back and look at Tyson's record. Tyson was fighting janitors. Tyson was fighting scrubs. Like, I never understood why people just love the knockout. Like, you know, like people love the home run in baseball. So it really didn't matter who Mike was mopping up. He's get him out of there in the first round. He didn't fight as many legitimate contenders and win. They tried to say that about Roy Jones, too, though. But it's almost being a victim of your circumstance. If nobody wants to fight you, number one. And then number two, if the people who are fighting you, you just running over all of them, knocking them all out. How is that a knock against you? Like, you know, the same the same argument was made against Roy Jones. But then you have to go through his career and pick pick, you know, outside of James Tony and uh, Hopkins. They were saying he was just fighting bums. They were saying he was just doing the same thing you were talking about Tyson. But it's like <laughs> he was that was the competition at the time. And he was just beating the shit out of everybody. When Tyson fought Evander Holyfield, when Tyson fought Lennox Lewis, not those, in his prime. Doesn't matter. Were they in their primes? More so than him. Evander Holyfield is older than uh, Tyson, Lennox he? Lewis, though. You said Lennox Lewis. Holyfield, Lennox, maybe not. Lennox Lewis may be a couple years younger than Tyson. Prime, though. I mean, he was... Mike Tyson wasn't in his prime because he was doing cocaine. Time! Ah! <laughs> <laughs> hey, there Time! is... Uh, I do want to say something. <laughs> Wait, uh, I want to say this, though. Time! I, I, <laughs> real quick though i do want to see nate robinson first jake paul i do want to see that only because i think that basketball players are the greatest athletes in the world so i want to see what he does in the ring against a trained fighter kevin do you know what though yeah time <laughs> up y'all don't forget to follow us on ig twitter and facebook at two peas and a bong that is the number two w-o-p-e-e-z-a-n-d-a-b-o-n-g two peas and a bong that's our handle on ig twitter and facebook y'all thanks for rocking with us we'll catch y'all on the next one